Hallelujah. Luke chapter 19 verse 12. Let us go to Luke chapter 19 verse 12. Luke 19 verse 12. Are we there? All right, the Bible says, he said therefore a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his 10 servants and delivered unto them 10 pounds. So he gave each one a pound and said unto them, occupy till I come. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. God has told us to occupy till he comes. Hallelujah. Aha, uh-huh, next verse. But his citizens hated him and sent a message a message after him saying we will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned having received the kingdom, of course he had received the kingdom, yeah. Then he commanded his servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. So that means he expected profit. Say amen. When, by the time he told them occupy till I come, he expected what? Profit. So the next verse says Next verse says, then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound has gained 10 pounds. And he said unto him, well thou good servant, because thou has been faithful in very little have thou authority over 10 cities so because he was faithful because he gained he gained from what was given to him god calls that faithfulness hallelujah faithfulness is when you are increasing whatever has been entrusted to you is multiplying that's faithfulness you see Next verse. And the second came saying, "Lord, thy pound has gained 5 pounds." So another person came and said, "I've gained 5 pounds from the pound you gave me." Okay? Continue. And he said, and he said likewise to him, "Be thou also over 5 cities." Now remember, each one was given a pound. Okay? Each one was given a pound and these two the first one got 10 10 more pounds, the next one got 5 pounds. That's why our Father normally tells us that God rewards faithfulness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God rewards faithfulness. It's not about it's not necessarily about the office you are in or whatever or whatever it is you are serving under. It's a fact that you are faithful in that office. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Are we together? Yeah. And remember he told us that faithfulness is two things being available and being committed that's a faithful man because you can have somebody who's available but they are not committed or you can have somebody who's committed but they are not available so we demonstrate our faithfulness by being both available and committed that's how we demonstrate faithfulness say amen, amen. you're following yeah next verse Verse 20. Then another came and said, "Lord, here is here is your mina, here is your pound, which I have kept laid up in a handkerchief." The guy the guy hid the thing. <laughs> Praise the Lord, he hid it. Now, look at why he did it. He says, "For I was constantly 
afraid of you because you are a hard, severe man. Now, already we see the reason why people are not faithful is because of a, a misunderstanding they have. You get it? This man had a wrong understanding of his master. He lived in constant fear of him. Okay? He says, you pick up what you did not lay down and you reap what you did not sow. Now, he was right that the master picks up, picks from where he has not laid and reaps from where he hasn't sown. But the point is that he had a wrong understanding because of the fear he had. Hallelujah. So fear can cause a man not to be faithful. You see that? Then he goes on to say, uh, verse 21, 22, sorry. 22, please. He said to the servant, now this is the master saying to the servant, I will judge and condemn you out of your own mouth. You wicked slave. He called him a wicked slave. That's wickedness. <laughs> he says, you knew, you, you knew, didn't you, okay, did you, that I was a hard, severe man, picking up what I did not lay down and ripping what I did not sow. Okay? Then why did you not put my money in a bank so that on my return I might have collected it with interest? Now, the master says, he said to those who are standing by, he says, you take, take, 24 please. He says, take the mina away from him and give it to him that had 10 pounds, that had 10 minas. So it was given to the guy who had multiplied more. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Now, one of them asked, verse 25, one of them asked, and they said to him, Lord, he has 10 minas already. He already has 10. Why are you adding him more? Are you seeing how increase comes to those who are faithful? God keeps on increasing them. Now look at what Jesus said. And said Jesus, I tell you that everyone who gets and has will more be, be given. But from the man who does not get and does not have, even what he has will be taken away. 36. He says, for I say unto you that unto everyone which has shall be given. Now, remember, he's responding to somebody who had said, that guy already has 10 pounds. So why are you adding him one? Then he says, to everyone who has, more shall be given. And from him that does not have, he's talking about the guy who had one pound. But he's saying he doesn't have. Are you getting my point? In other words, when a man does not demonstrate faithfulness, what you are saying in the spirit is, I don't have. That's what you're communicating. You're saying, I don't have. So because I don't have, how can I be faithful? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. I was telling you the first service that faithfulness comes from a certain understanding. It comes from a certain understanding. It's not something that you try to work out by yourself. If you void of that understanding, you will fail. You will try and try and try, then along the way you'll just go back to yourself. Because you don't have a certain understanding. And this is the understanding we are getting from our scripture. Number one, the, the right understanding of the person you are serving. The master. Okay? We are serving God. So the, the right understanding. That's why this ministry is the ministry of the word. We teach the word that you may have the right understanding of who God is. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. 
And then secondly, that you might know that you have something. Men who think they don't have, they will not be faithful. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah? You see, Paul said that he thanks God that he was counted faithful. He was counted faithful to be put into the ministry. He was, he was considered. God looked at him and he said, hey, you are faithful. He counted him faithful. So he was grateful to God. Hallelujah. You need to understand that God has given us everything. Yes, the Bible says he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He has given us his word. He has given us his spirit. He has given us his name. He has given us everything. So we have. Tell your neighbor, I have something. I have something. That is why Peter said, such as I have, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. You have something to offer. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. So you need to have that understanding that number one, the understanding of who it is you are serving, and then secondly, that he has committed something to your trust. First Corinthians chapter 4. First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1. The Bible says, let a man so account of us as, as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. We are stewards of the mysteries of God. So the household, we, 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 the house we are dealing with is the mystery, the word of God. You are steward in the, in, in the word. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Now, having understood that, then in verse 2 it says, this is not the requirement. Whatever it is required in stewards that a man be found what? Faithful. Faithfulness is not required from any man. It's required of stewards. So you must first understand that you are a steward. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you following? Yeah? So God has entrusted us with a lot. He has given us his word. He has given us, primarily he has given us his word. Because it says we are stewards of the mysteries of God. The mystery of life, the mystery of, of, of faith. The, the great mystery which is Christ and the church. He has committed to us mysteries. He has given us his word. That word that he has, he has exalted above his name. Above all his name, the Bible says. He has exalted, he has magnified his word above all his name. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So he has committed that to us. The Bible says that we are born not of the corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible, which is the word of God. And it says that word lives and abides forever. Okay? So we are born of the word. We have the word. Gwegamba, you're just word, everything. Say amen. amen. So God has given you his word. There are other things, but... All these other things come from the word because the word is the seed, okay? So he has given us his word. It's important for you to understand that you have something to offer. And because of that, then you can be faithful. Because you see, the primary areas of faithfulness are number one, to God, to his word, and to the cause. Okay? We are faithful to God, to his word, and to the cause. Why did Jesus come? That's the cause. We are faithful to that. And once a man is faithful in those three areas, that is manifested in all these other areas. Ministry, what? Because you have the bigger picture in mind. 
The bigger picture is I'm faithful to my master. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. I am faithful to his word. And I'm faithful to the cause. I'm faithful to the cause. That's why there are scriptures like, like, like this man has done this for the sake of the gospel and my sake. I never read such scriptures. He says he has done this thing for my sake and the gospel's sake. Like as though he's distinguishing the two. Yes, we know they are one, but there's a difference in there. Yeah? He says, I think there's some scriptures. He says, you've done this for my sake and the gospel's sake. Yes. He says, and Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel's. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah? So we are faithful to him. We are faithful to his word. We are faithful to the cause. Those are the primary areas, okay? Our father said that the primary area of faithfulness is to the word. Faithful to the word. When a man is faithful to the word, he's faithful to the cause, he's faithful to him. Say hallelujah. 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 Now, the, 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 I want to trust the difference between uh, these kinds of faithfulness. Look at Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3 from verse 1. Hebrews chapter 3 from verse 1. The Bible says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, the Bible says, consider, okay, give attention to the apostle and high priest of our profession. He's the, the apostle of my confession. Profession there is the same as confession because they come from the same uh, Greek word homologia. So profession, confession, it's the same thing, okay? So he says, he is the apostle of my confession. He is the high priest of my confession. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So he tells us, you consider him, consider him. Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Verse 2, amplified version. He says, see how faithful he was to him, okay, who appointed him, apostle and high priest. So, so this position is appointed. He was appointed to do it. High priests were appointed by God. Yeah? So he says, he was faithful to him who appointed him. Apostle and high priest. As Moses was also faithful in the whole house of God. So Moses was faithful. God had this testimony about Moses. He says, this man is faithful in all my house. And the other thing that, that he talks about Moses, that he was the meekest man that ever lived. That, I think, is in Numbers chapter 12. He says, this man is, the, is, is both the meekest and is faithful. And then down there, he speaks of how he talks to him. He says, when I talk to other prophets or other people, I speak to them in visions and dreams. But it's not so with my servant, Moses. Okay? And he said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision and speak to him in a dream. Okay? But not so with my servant Moses. Now, he describes who Moses is. He says, he is entrusted and faithful in all my house. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? Then he says, huh? He says, with him, he says, I speak mouth to mouth directly, clearly, and not in dark speeches, and he 
beholds the form of the Lord. Then he says, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? It's a caution. He says, you don't speak about people whose faithfulness you don't know. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because every time God was doing great things, he always worked with faithful men. Faithful men. Look at Abraham. God says he was faithful in all his house. This is what God said about him. He says, I know he's able to instruct his whole house. That is Abraham. He was faithful in the heart. Faithfulness is, is, is the state of your heart towards God. That's why I, I think when you're talking about Jesus Christ in, in the book of Revelations, it says, Revelations 19, they call him true and faithful. You see? He's true and faithful. It's a place of being true and faithful. Yes. It says, and I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in, in righteousness he doth are judged and make war. So it's both. You're faithful and you're true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. When talking about being true, I'm describing the state of a man's heart. Okay, you're true. You're aligned to truth. That is faithfulness. Okay, you're faithful and true. You're faithful and true. Okay, so he says about this man that this guy was faithful in all the house of God. This is what God testified about Moses. You see, God loves to boast over us. The Bible says he sings songs over us. Vanilla 3.17. The Bible says he sings songs he sings love songs over us. We saw that in Job when the devil came before, before him, okay? Yes, Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is in the midst of you, a mighty one, a savior who serves. He will rejoice over you with joy. Say amen. amen. God is rejoicing over you with joy. He will rest in silent satisfaction and in his love he will be silent and make no mention of past sins <laughs> or even recall them. He will exalt over you with singing. He's always singing around you. He's always boasting about you before the angels. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. He boasts about you. That means he's proud of you. Say, God is proud of you. Can, can just, God is proud of me. Yes, you who has just done a, a mistake right now, God is proud of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He sings over you. Because, you see, his word is eternal. Okay, his word is eternal. He said that about you, irrespective of the lifestyle you're living. You see that? Yeah? So he rejoices over us with singing. So this is a testimony that God had of Moses. He said, this man is faithful in all my house. And he says that Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, the Bible says he too is faithful like Moses. He's faithful like Moses. Now he begins to distinguish these two characters. In verse 3, he says, yet Jesus has been considered worthy of what? Much greater honor and glory than Moses just as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. 
So when you're talking about the level of glory and honor, these two are different levels. Verse 4. Verse 4. He says, For of course every house is built and furnished by someone, but the builder of all things and the furnisher of the entire equipment of all things is God. Uh-huh. Verse 5. And Moses certainly was faithful in the administration of all the house, but it was only as a ministering servant. He was faithful, but as a servant. He says, in his entire ministry, he has but a testimony to the things which were to be spoken, the revelations to be given afterward in Christ. So that means everything about Moses was, it was, it was a testimony of Jesus Christ. Everything in the Old Testament, that's why the Bible says that he began to expound on himself from Moses. You see that? From Moses, he began to expound on things concerning himself. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah? The, the, the word of God points us to him. He says, just that you think in the scriptures you'll have it unless for they testify of me. The word of God is not just a book. No, that's a person you're dealing with. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Yeah? The revelation of the word is the person of Jesus Christ. You see that? So you're not just dealing with some book of rules of do this, do that, do that. No. You're dealing with the revelation of a person. Everything in the scriptures is about Jesus. Everything. It says they testify of me. Yeah? So... Moses, Moses, whatever Moses did, it was just a testimony of Jesus Christ. Whatever David did, it was just a testimony of Jesus Christ. Whatever Abraham did, it was just a testimony of Jesus Christ. That's why those things are relevant to us. Because we are born after the similitude of Christ. That's why we can learn. We can, see, as, as you look into their lives, you, pick, you see yourself there. Because when you see Christ there, you see yourself. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah? That's how, we, that's how we studied the word of God. You, you, you started to see Jesus. You started to see Christ in whatever it is. Otherwise, those things will be meaningless. When you look at, at those offerings, they'll be meaningless to you. Yeah? You are cutting heads and then you burn them outside. You're like, okay, what's this stuff? You see, all that is talking about Jesus. You get it? The offerings, the five offerings in the Old Testament. The way how the temple was arranged and, 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 and uh, the altars in there, everything there talks about Jesus. So they are not irrelevant. Even the names that they give, and so and so begat so and so, and so and so begat so and so. God is not wasting time. But what you get, eh? He's not wasting time. Yeah. In there, you can see Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, there's something about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Uh Aha. He says, of sin. Why? Because they believe not on me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That means wherever you are, people are convicted of sin. If you're not born again. Because they don't believe. That should be the atmosphere you carry everywhere you go. When somebody looks at you, they realize, hey, I don't believe in Jesus. You see, 
Let me tell you. It starts with a consciousness. You have to know it, be conscious of it. That everywhere I am, if they're not born again, there's a conviction of sin. Why? Because they don't believe. Say amen. amen. So even as you do, yes, you are Sassula, street preaching, have that mind. Have that mind that the Holy Spirit is all over this place. These guys, if they don't believe, they are finished. There's a conviction. Because the Bible says no man can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says it's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit. That's how we conquer. That's how we move forward, by his spirit. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. So have that in mind as you're preaching. That is a conviction happening. That guy, when you say a guy look, overlooking at you, just don't ask the guy. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, let's continue. Let's continue. He says, uh, because they believe not, huh? Verse 10. Of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more. That means when you're among believers, people are convicted of righteousness. How you get? Nobody should feel condemned around you. Praise God. They're just convicted of how right they are, how acceptable they are before God. Yeah, that's it. You have to have that consciousness in God. That's why people come in Fanero. That atmosphere is just there, everywhere. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Yeah? Then he says of judgment. He says why? Because the prince of this world is judged. He's not going to be judged. He is judged. Praise the Lord Jesus. And you see, our part is to execute the judgment. Execute the judgment written. That's what the Bible says. I think it's in Psalm, Psalm 149. It says you execute the judgment that is written. Psalm 149, I think the last verses. If you can go there, please. I'm coming back to my point, eh? But I believe somebody needs this. Some, yes. Yes. Good, good, verse 8. Verse 8. He says, To execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the people, uh -huh. to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, uh -huh. to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all his saints. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. The prince of this world is judged. So your part is to execute the judgment written. What does the Bible say about him? You execute that. So you're not trying to judge him again. No, he's already judged. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That cancer is already judged. So you execute the judgment written. This is your, this is your life. Praise the Lord. Now he continues to say, uh -huh, verse 12, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Uh -huh. How bet when he, the spirit of truth, is come? Now do you realize that when the spirit of truth comes, that means you can bear. When a man has received the spirit of truth, he can bear certain truths. You get it? He gives us the ability. The word of God is heavy. So the spirit of God gives us the ability to bear the word. Of course, in there, there are degrees, okay? It says, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Uh -huh. 
He shall glorify me. How? It says, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Listen, revelation is the Holy Spirit glorifying the Father. Or what you get, eh? So does he want to glorify his Jesus? Of course he does. That means revelation is not something you struggle to get. No. Understand, he is God, Jesus is glorified when he reveals himself. Praise God. That means all you do is, God, I thank you for revelation. That's it. You don't have that beggarish thing of God, please, please show me. Please reveal it to me. God, help me see. No. Jesus is glorified when the Holy Spirit takes what is of his and shows it to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So revelation is glorifying Jesus. The spirit of revelation, you found God, God, I thank you that the spirit of wisdom, I'm filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. As I study what today, I see. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Because remember, he is glorified. Or what you get, eh? It's up there, it's between them. Jesus, the Holy Spirit is glorified. So, eh. The revelation is your portion. Come on. Hallelujah. So he says it's, it's revelation that, that, that the Holy Spirit, he loves to reveal Jesus to you. He loves to reveal God to you. He loves to reveal God to you. And remember, our father was explaining what revelation is, okay? Revelation is not just the unveiling, but when you understand what has been unveiled. And then he says when purpose is attached to that, then there is what? Manifestation for Nero. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the Spirit of God has come to do those things in your life. This is what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. He says, he will take of mine and he'll show it to you. He will show you things to come. You get it? Yeah? This is why he has come into your life. So just celebrate. You see, what we do, we just respond to that. We celebrate what the Holy Spirit is doing. We don't try to make him do it. No, we celebrate. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 5. Verse 5. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 5. It says, Moses certainly was faithful in the administration of God's house, but he did that as a servant. In, in, his, in his entire ministry, he was but a testimony of things to come, which are spoken, the revelations to be given afterward in Christ. And verse 6. But Christ, the Messiah, the Bible says, was faithful over his own father's house as a son and master of it. You see that? Those are two different, they were both faithful, but in different positions. See, one was faithful as a servant. That is Moses. Jesus, on the other hand, is faithful, but as what? A son. As a son. And that's the pattern we are following. We are faithful as sons. Praise God. Praise God. We are about our father's business. That's the mindset that Jesus had when he was 12 years old. 12. 12. Don't you know I'm about? And he was very serious. Like he was shocked. No. You read how he, how he spoke it. Look at Luke look, look, look chapter 2 somewhere. Luke chapter 2. Let me go there. Yes. Now, go to the verse before. Bible says, when they, now the parents had looked for him for like days, okay? Bible says, when they saw him, they were amazed. 
And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Look at how he answered the parents. <laughs> no, he was not trying to... No, he was serious. He was, he was shocked. Praise the Lord. That means that mindset was built in him. How about you get eh? That's the mindset you ought to carry. We are about our father's business. When you're doing yes, yes, you are about your father's business. When you're doing street preaching, you are about your father's business. When you're going out to clean the markets, blah, you are about your father's business. Hallelujah. Why? Because we are sons. We are sons. Praise the Lord. We are sons of God and we are sons in the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah? So we are about, that's the mindset we carry. We are about our father. It's not about who sees me doing it or not. No. I'm about my father's business. You see, when you build your life around uh, people seeing you do things, already you have made an error in two ways. Number one, you are carnal. And then number two, you have disrespected your leaders. You think they are also carnal. Because you think they will reward you according to what they see. Or what you get, eh? So you've, you've disrespected them, and also you've, 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 you've lost your place. I pray you've understood that. <laughs> Praise God. Don't do things to be seen. Yeah? You see, don't program yourself to be carnal. That's a man programming his life to be carnal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So respect your leaders. They are spiritual. And also you, you are spiritual. Hallelujah. So it's not about whether you're seen or not. No. Just you're about your father's business. That's the mind. You're about your father's business. That's the bigger picture we carry. I'm about my father's business. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. So whether I am praised or thanked or I am not, it's okay. I'm about my father's business. Hallelujah. Hope that has helped somebody. Yeah? So, the um, uh, Bible says that Jesus was faithful as a son in the house. He was faithful as a son. Moses was faithful as a servant. And you see, the concerns of both are different. The concerns of a servant are different from the concerns of a son. You see that? The son has come as the representation of the father. That means already he believes he has the mind of the father. Or what you get? That's how we address ministry. You come knowing that I carry, I carry the mind of God. He says, we have the mind of Christ. Who has known the mind of Christ that he should instruct him? Then he says, but you have the mind of Christ. You have his spirit. You're one with him. It's, it's not about a wage. Those are servants. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Sons are about their father's business. They're about their father's business. Because you are the extension of your father. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Yeah. So we are the, Jesus was the extension of the father on the earth. Now, look at how Jesus manifested that faithfulness, okay? The mind that he carried. Look at um, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. Can we go there? Hebrews 10, verse 5. The Bible says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. Okay? In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Uh-huh. Then said I, this is what Jesus said. This is what Jesus thinks, thought about himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what he said. It's not what was said about him, no. This is what he said. He says, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. He says, I have come in the volume of the book. Praise the Lord. What have you said about yourself? You see that? Yeah? He says, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. That's the mind. That's how we relate with the word of God. That's how we relate with the word of God. You're not trying to become it. No, you are it. Opa, you get. He says, the volume. You've come in the volume. It's written of you. It's written of you. When you start the life of Jesus Christ, especially in the book of John, so many places, the Bible says, that the scripture might be fulfilled, the things that happened around him. You see, when he healed the sick, blah, blah, blah. Then the next verse will say that the scriptures may be fulfilled, that what Isaiah may be fulfilled. Everything that Jesus did was just a fulfillment of scripture. But this is the mind he carried, that I've come in the volume of the book. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I have come in what? The volume of the book. It is written of me. It's written of you. So your life is a living testimony. When people just look at you, they, they can connect scripture. They can say, okay, that's Isaiah 53. Okay, that is... How about you get it? Eh? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But it starts with this mind. This is what he said. I, I, I like that. He says, he said, this is what he said. This is what he said about himself. It's written of me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of God is a reflection of you. You see, that's the thing about the veil that is upon Moses. When the veil is on Moses, the Bible says the people will not see the glory. But that veil is taken away when they turn to Christ. And the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is liberty. The next verse says that we with open face, okay, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from what? From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. When a person has a veil, he doesn't see the image. You get it? That means people who are veiled, when they're in the Word of God, they don't see themselves. 
They see it as far from them. The more they read, the more they condemn themselves because they realize how far they are from what they are reading. Of what you get? That is a man with a veiled face. You don't realize that actually what you are seeing is the image, is your image. Praise God. Praise God. And do you realize that that's where the Spirit of God is, is there is liberty. And it says that those guys who continue, give it me in the Amplified Version, verse 18, verse 18, Amplified Version. Verse 18, Amplified Version. It says, and all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continued to behold in the word of God as in a mirror, the glory of God, are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. It says, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Praise God. Praise the Lord. That means when people, are, when people are communing with the Holy Spirit, now this is a man communing with the Holy Spirit in the Word, they are seeing themselves as the image. Yeah? There are people who relate with the Word of God like it's far from them. It's far. So they are not faithful to the Word because already their understanding is warped. It's wrong. Praise God. Praise the Lord. The word of God is a reflection of you. That understanding has to soak in your spirit. That the word is my reflection. I'm seeing myself. What I'm seeing physically is not me. What I see in the word of God, that is me. And the Bible says, as you continue to behold, the Bible says you are transformed. That's how transformation takes place, as you continue to behold. But the Bible says, with what? Unveiled faces. Your face has to be unveiled. Because in Christ, you realize, hey, I'm one with the word. I am the word of God. I am born of the word. That's why it says, attend to my words. When he's talking to his son, Proverbs 4, verse 20, it says, my son, attend to my words. Attend to my words. It says, attend to my words, incline thine ears unto my Sayings. It says attend. What means to attend? It means to give attention to the word of God. That means the word of God wants your attention. Because the word of God is saying something. Hallelujah. More than what is written, it is saying something. That's why the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. A man is by the word of God and then he starts to hear. As the man of God is preaching, he may not necessarily be addressing your issue. But what is that word saying to me? Praise God. Praise the Lord. That's why some of you, the light goes off. He may not necessarily have said something about your situation, but like as he was preaching, he, hey. so it means I can do this. It means I can, that's now a man attending to the word. So you exercise, Bible says, exercise your senses okay, unto godliness, okay? The senses there, your spiritual senses, your sense of sight, your sense of hearing, you exercise, and the primary place of exercising is in the word of God. But you see, the word, as, as the word of God, you attend, you give the word attention. The word of God is, requires your attention. You attend to the word. Attend to it. Because remember, we, we, we are accountable to the word. Remember what God said about his word. He says, my word cannot turn unto me, Void, but it must accomplish 
that for which I have sent it. Isaiah 55 verse 11. It says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that, for, that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. So your part is to attend. Praise the Lord. You continue to behold. You continue to look therein. And as you do that, the word of God is having its effect in your life. Praise God. You start to realize that your life is just moving forward and forward every other day. Every other day. Because remember, every time you gather, God has gathered you. God has gathered you. Okay? So he has a word for you specifically. So as you attend, as the man of God is speaking, beyond what he's saying, what is he really saying? Oh, you get my point, eh? What is that word coming out really saying to me? Praise God. Praise the Lord. That is a man attending to the word. That's a man being faithful to the word of God. You are faithful to the word because that word is bearing fruit. That word cannot return to God void. It's bearing fruit in your life. You see that? And when a man is faithful to the word, he's faithful in any other thing. That's the primary place of faithfulness, as, as the man of God told us. It's the primary place of faithfulness. Your faithfulness to the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. In, um, in Romans chapter 10, verse 8. Romans 10, verse 8. Romans 10, verse 8. The Bible says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy, heart, in thy mouth and in thine heart. That, it, that is the word of faith which we preach. Right, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, the Bible says, Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Okay? Now, you realize that the word of faith is where? In your mouth and in your heart. Same thing that we talk about the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith, I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It says that we having the same spirit of faith, we have believed and therefore we speak. Okay? You believe and you speak. You believe and you speak. That's the operation of the spirit of faith. That's the word of faith working in a man's life. You believe and you speak. We having the same spirit of faith according as the written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah? So, the word of God, when the word of God comes to it, ministers hope. Okay? The things are written for our learning that through the patience and comfort of scriptures we might have hope. So when the word of God comes to you, receive hope. But as you attend to that word and believe it in your heart, faith, that's the spirit of faith. Praise God. What you get? Yeah? Because it's by faith that we have overcome this world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Your faith is the victory that overcomes anything. Any situation you have in your life, it's overcome by faith. All you need is faith. You see, that scripture says, this is the victory that has overcome the world, comma, even our faith. It's your faith. It's your faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
So be faithful to the word of God. Allow the word of God to work in you. Give the word of God attention. Now that faith, you see, when a man has faith, you don't doubt it. It's evident. It's evident when a man has faith. It's very evident. It's very evident. You can see that this man, yeah, this is faith. Because how does faith operate? It says, it says that God who calleth those things that be not as though they were. As though they were. As though they were. That means to God it's past tense. It's done. In the spirit realm, Apostle was teaching us on Thursday. It says, when God thinks a thought upon you, it is established in the spirit. When he says it was established. By the time the word comes, it was. It's not going to be. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, we relate with the word of God past tense. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. That's the confidence we have in the word of God. The faith that comes from the word of God, that is the victory. Let me tell you, that is the victory. That's what the Bible says. That is the victory that overcomes the world. People have overcome different situations because of their faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These three, the Bible says, these three abide, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. These three define us. They define you to the core. They are what differentiate me from you. Faith, hope, and love. It's not necessarily in the realm of prophecy. or No, no, no. It's faith, hope, and love. Because up there it says prophecies can cease. That means they have been fulfilled. And so they have ended. Knowledge will cease. Okay? All these things will cease. But these three, they abide. Faith. Hope and love. And the greatest of these is the love of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So my word to us today is be faithful to the word of God. Okay. Be faithful to the word of God. Be faithful to the word of God. You are accountable to the word. Be available and committed to the word. That's the bigger picture by which we live. What does the word of God say? And remember, as I told you, the understanding is very important. This word is a mirror. Say amen. amen. Speak in other tongues. Let's speak in other tongues. speak in other tongues. God, we thank you. We thank you for your word.
give you all the glory, God. Thank you. 
give you all the honor and all the glory, God. We thank you that we are faithful to your word. And if there's anybody in this place, of course, if you came sick, right now receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing right now in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. That pain has left you. It is gone in the name of Jesus. Start doing what you couldn't do before. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your healing, oh God. We thank you for healing your people. Even if you came here with somebody at home who is sick, we declare they are healed in the name of Jesus. We declare they are healed in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you that even as we are in your word, we see. Our eyes see, we see, we hear your voice, oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And if there's anybody who would love to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, just repeat these words after me. Say, Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe that you died and you raised him from the dead. And I declare that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I'm born again. I have the life of God in me. I'm a son of God. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord.